This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Oh, XL bullies and disposable vapes. Hey, I like Woke him. rubbish. <laughs> Three days left of the transfer window and not much else is happening. Except Cameron Carter Vickers has signed a new deal. Welcome to this week's episode of 20 Minute Tims. Three days to go, Martin Mel, are you nervous? Yes, very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> it's not been very nice, has it? Last week we thought, ah, oh, come on, there's 10 days to go here. Surely something will happen. And the closer it gets to it, the closer it just looks. We don't have a clue what we're doing. I think, Stephen, what we need to we need to park one thing for a second and we need to accept that. You know, we're recording this, the transfer window closes, by the time we sit down in these it chairs... It does what? It closes, it slams shut, <laughs> sorry. Correct, correct. By the, by the time we sit down in these chairs again, Celtic could have done another business. Next yeah. Monday, because because Celtic do like to leave things late. We are holding out for the opportunity, the possibility that Celtic get all the business done that they want to get done in the last couple of days of the window as as, as things normally go here. But the problem with that thesis is that it doesn't speak to... It doesn't speak to a hive of activity. It doesn't speak to Celtic doing lots and lots and lots of homework and yeah. identifying targets. And it doesn't speak to, you know, what Brendan Rodgers was saying as the summer window closed. He was saying, you know, come back to me in January. There's a few that we're just waiting to announce. All these sorts of things that seem to be teeing up. I think I had a look back and the first time Brendan Rodgers mentioned the January transfer window was the 21st of September. Now, the summer window closed on the 1st of September, so no less than yeah. three weeks after the summer window closed, Brendan Rodgers was already looking to the January window. So, yes, Celtic might get the business they want done. We might be hard in negotiations, but up until this point, it doesn't really speak to that and you're left feeling that there's a bit of a... A bit of a dysfunction in the transfer in the transfer market a wee bit. And the evidence that we've got to go on that is the business that was done in the summer. The fact that there's players hanging about that should be long gone out the club that oh, yeah. exits were a key part of this window and that's not really taking place yet. And the guys that we've brought in, I've just not been that convincing as we've already as we've already spoken to at death. So where some of them you, are leaving. Some of them are leaving, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as we sit here, Lagi Baker looks as if he's going on loan to Lecce with an option to buy, which is, <laughs> you know, I, I am, I'm, I'm no going to criticise the club too much for that because, see, to be honest, that's the way it should be. If you bring a player in and he's not what you want or not what you need and he doesn't go, he doesn't perform the way you need him to perform, then the best you can hope for is moving him out in the very next window. So I'm not really going to beat Celtic about the head too much for bringing someone in, not working out, and then he goes in the next window. That's fine. That's probably the way it should be. But the fact that we're sitting here with three days left, we've already played a couple of games in January and we don't have anyone in, I, I, I'm no con- I don't feel content about it. No, I, I think there's a growing unrest out there about it. And again, you're right to say that it could all happen in the next, whatever, 48, 72 hours as, as we sit here. It could all happen in the last few days. But as we said, I think a couple of weeks ago, that does, or maybe just last week actually, it does it does leave you open to accusations that you just winged it again. You yeah. just ran about with your asses on fire with three days to go and tried to get everything done. Because you're right, it just doesn't stack up with what's been said all along. It doesn't 
it doesn't stack up with any of the words from the manager, even from the captain, all talking about how we really need quality. And and I'm certain that there was, I, I could only speculate on the player itself. I think it may have been Chris Garden mm. right at the end of the last transfer window where I think Brendan Rodgers was asked, were there any deals that you almost got done and just didn't get over the line right at the end of, of the August one? And he said, ask me in January. Yeah, there and was definitely here, a comment along those lines. Yeah. We just couldn't find the exact date. Yeah, so so we sit here on the what 29th of January and nothing has happened with regards to that. I, I, Refused to believe it was Kuhn because he was never mentioned back okay. then. So what was it you asked me last week about? And what what end of the scale from bedwetter to it's fine with one yeah. trophies and all that? Oh, Jota and deadline day. Uh, just, 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 soaking. <laughs> Pl- plastic sheets still <laughs> wet. Sopping wet, is it? <laughs> Absolutely sopping wet. <laughs> it's been changed. The plastic sheets have been changed for the third time this week. I'm absolutely <laughs> pissing the bed left and right now. It's ridiculous. Well, do you read anything at all into the fact that there's, there's not even any, there's not even any rumours? There's not like, <laughs> oh, no, no. Uh, 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 like, Podcasts, content creators, we thrive on rumor sometimes. Yeah. Give, us, give us something to chew over, and we can create. We we will look if you throw us a meaningless rumor from a half decent source, we can put a podcast out talking about it for <laughs> twenty minutes and argue amongst the merits and the pros and the cons and all that. But that's what we love. But there's no there's no rumors. There's nothing like there's no like Celtic are hot in pursuit of this player. Celtic have been chasing them down for months. They desperately want him. But there's just there's radio silence. No, it's not even just podcasters. It's just football fans in general. This mm. is this is meant to be the good bit when you think your football team can do something. Mm. Some of the I can remember back to some of my earliest memories of waiting on my dad coming home so I could read the back pages to see who Celtic were potentially buying. So this is part of being a football fan, and again we're being shortchanged again. Mm. I feel when we talk about there's no rumours or anything within that the Kuhn thing came up and weeks later he signed. So if we're for applying that, that look Celtic go in for guys, that took maybe a wee bit longer or whatever. But right now we've got nothing to work off. So if you're going by that math, then it should take a week or so or two weeks to get a deal done. That'll be too late. Mm-hmm. So we're not even. I lo- there's like there's like a there's like a delay. There's a lag from when yeah. you first start hearing about someone. Usually it takes us a week to get the deal done. And even now, if we start now, if we're linked with somebody now, it's going to be somebody that's become available. I feel not mm-hmm. somebody that we've sat down on the 1st of September and went, look, we've got this wrong. Let's start now. Let's plan it out. We need a left back. Well, I want to know what the other position was because Brendan Rodgers said four players, didn't he? Yes. It's been whittled down by, by all accounts, everybody that's out speaking that seems to be in the nose. We want a left back, a striker and a winger. We've got the winger in, so there's still the left back and the striker. So we're waiting on rumours for that. And is it going to be, guys, we get in on loan now? Is it going to be guys that were further down the list now because right now if you're looking at if all along we knew we wanted a left back and a striker surely we'd be somewhere further down the line but we're not it looks like it's just going to be right who's coming available uh, we're waiting on dominoes to fall so we can get this guy in. Like, yeah. if Celtic were being serious about this the the players we go for are all gettable mm-hmm. all gettable like the guys we signed in the summer Palmer no matter how far down the list he was he was available on the 1st of June, not the 31st of yes. August. I think that's part of the problem for me is, look, open invite. If, if Celtic want to come and educate us about how the internal transfer dealings of a club work, then we will more than happy get you on the podcast. Because I think part of the problem here is, as fans, it's very difficult to determine how these things work. And all you've got to go on is the evidence you see in front of you. All the evidence to me points to complete dysfunction of, of the transfer system, which again is making me more nervous because what have I got to go on? I've got to go on the summer's business. Well, it was more or less a disaster. Do you know what I mean? We got, we, yeah, yeah. We got Palma in. Was he the top of anyone's list? I really doubt it. Doubt Even it. looking at the guy, we, we probably need an improvement on him. He's not... And we scoffed at the idea that Rangers had turned him down yeah. as well. Now he looks kind of he, like... He's mm. nowhere near the level of Jota, for example, and Jota's the sort of peak player that we should aspire to be getting. So... Then, then you look at Bernardo, who's sort of coming into the fray later on. Well, did Celtic really target Bernardo? Or was he someone that was sort of offered to Celtic as a sort of, you know, do you want to take this guy alone and try to get him a move? I, I think it's probably the latter. Yeah. So there's there's no, like, grand plan here. And then you've got Brendan Rodgers, then you've got Callum McGregor, both commenting on the need for the need for quality, that word that kept coming up again. So all that we've got to go on without knowing the inner workings of the transfer of the club... It, it is just like a sort of, 
it's a bit haphazard. It's a bit frantic. It's a bit, we'll take what we can find. There's not, we are going to identify him. He's our number. I mean, who do you think was our number one target in the summer window? Who do you think our number one target is in January? Have we have we got number one targets or do we just sort of wait until we see who comes available? It seems to be like Owen Beck was the main the main target for left back by all accounts. But again, looking at that, right, okay. He plays in a league. So where where's the where's the grand recruitment here? Where so what we're looking at here is Celtic sitting down and Can going. Can I just offer you something on Owen Beck, right? Was he the number one target for Celtic, or was it quite useful for Celtic? to say that they were after a left-back that they knew was going to appear in the Liverpool squad. <laughs> oops, oops, I, he turned up in the Liverpool team. Do you know what I mean? Make, Couldn't make, get it over the line. Yes, yes. you make inquiries about Owen Beck. Any chance we could go Owen Beck in? Liverpool, we've actually got plans for him. We're going to play him a couple of games this season. In fact, Klopp needs him for Saturday. We're after Owen Beck. We think we've got a really good chance of buying this guy. And as Stephen said, oops, we couldn't get him. <laughs> Look, Celtic have left themselves open to this because we don't know how it works. I can't sit here and blame the manager. I can't sit here and blame Lols. I can't sit here and blame scouts because I don't know how it works. And if if we're coming up to this window and saying, and all the talk's been about quality, Brendan Rodgers has said it plenty of times. Yeah. It's, it's his words that he wanted quality in and see if we don't bring in the players of quality in the positions, then there's a failure somewhere because we've had from September to do it. In fact, we've had before that because we needed a left-back before that. We needed a goalkeeper before that. Not even linked with a goalkeeper, but if the quality was what you're looking for and Brendan Rodgers, whether he has final say on the players, if we don't bring in players that come in and don't play or we don't bring in players at all, then the quality hasn't been identified and that is somebody's job. That yes. is somebody's sole purpose, whether it's a recruitment team, whether the quality has been identified and we can't get the deal over the line. Somebody has failed within this. Well, that's it, because if Celtic can't get players in, there's a whole recruitment team whose job it is, is to provide the manager. Presumably, they provide the manager with lists yeah. of players and say, which one of these guys do you want? The manager picks one and then they go off and get them. Now, if they can't provide a list, that's a problem. If Pierre Loma walks in, goes, yeah, the list. Just leave the bottom one. <laughs> give me that. <laughs> give me that. Right? So he's in there with the red pen, scratching <laughs> names off, looking too expensive. Right? So, so that's the first thing. They provide the manager with lists. If the manager doesn't like any of those guys on the list, then again, that's a failure of the recruitment team because you're supposed to know what the manager wants, what, what you're capable of getting. Or maybe it's a failure of the manager. He needs to adjust his expectations. He's looking at these guys going, he is... That left back is marginally better than Burnaby, so I'm not. There's no point. Why did we not bother? Second potential fall down, Stephen, is manager gets given the list. He goes, "Get me that player." Celtic go, "Oh, but we can't afford them." Well, there you go. There's a failure there because you should really only present the manager with players that you've yeah, got a yeah. realistic chance of getting. There's no point showing me a menu of things and half of it's unavailable. That that's completely pointless to the point where I doubt that's even the scenario. So there's definitely a dysfunction if Celtic, if you know, if Celtic fail to get the players in, there's definitely a dysfunction there. There's a timing issue as well, isn't there? Because mm. it's been mentioned by a succession of managers how long it takes us to do deals, doesn't it? So it yeah. could be, I want that guy, right? We'll go and get him, and then a week later, like, any updating this? I think that part of the problem is as well, Stephen, is you know people say like. People know who the, who our head of recruitment is, and it's become a bit of a a, a meme online, like Peter yeah, Law yeah. and the bad. The, the, honestly, you can all, you can legitimately take all that out of it. Forget it. Celtic have had two other heads of recruitment, as far as I can tell. They've had Nicky Hammond, and they've had the other one that just completely Lee escaped, Congerton. Lee Congerton. Yeah. Both those guys had two years and four windows and left. So Celtic, everything that we know from Celtic is the shelf life for one of these guys is two years and four windows. And if it doesn't work out, then Celtic are quite happy to move the guy on. So if it doesn't work out in this window, is it fair enough to say, look, you tried, we're going to have to go down a different road? Yeah, I think that's completely fair. Although Celtic, it sets the rules. It's... Celtic don't really like the general rules of football, though, do they? Because mm. they've had a they had the Peter Lawwell in charge, the, the head of the club for like 17 years or something like that, when yeah. the, the average tenure of one of those, those guys in that position is like four years or something <laughs> like that. We just had them for like four times as much as that. So we, we don't, you've said it so many times, the obsession with continuity. So don't be surprised if we're stuck with the same recruitment team for the next five, ten seasons or something like that, which seems ridiculous. See, for a change, or just broadly speaking about this subject itself, for a change, 
There's actually no debate about it. This is not a difference of opinion. It's not like some people out there think we need players. Some people think, now nah, we're fine, we're top of the league, stop moaning and all that. It, all that stuff is irrelevant because the manager and the captain have both said it. Yeah. So see if we then, if we concede that, no, we don't need players after all, we don't need quality, we'll take anything that's available at the end of the window, then it means that those two guys, and I don't believe this, but I'm just positing this alternative here, right? It just means that Callum McGregor and Brendan Rodgers were effectively gaslighting us at the time to mm. deflect from their own bad performances. So Celtic go out and drop points, whatever games happened to be at the time. Oh, look, this team's crying out for quality, but all the all the while, nah, we're not going to sign anybody. Yeah. So I don't believe that side of it. What I, what I think is that those two people meant that and it hasn't been delivered. So it's not a debate. It's not like, a, oh, well, to be honest, I don't think we need players if you're online saying that they've just everybody stopped moaning. You, you have to take them at face value. Yeah, of course. Yes. And it, it, even at that, all teams, I know it has been a quiet, a, an uncharacteristically quiet window in England, but that's because there's a lot of teams who are managing or have at least an eye on financial fair play. Now, we've started to see points deductions given out. Yeah. So I'd, that might be a coincidence, but Everton get hit by a really heavy points deduction for mismanaging their finances. And then all of a sudden there's a window where everyone's a wee bit cautious with their signings. So I think England is irrelevant. Celtic needed players and as yet on the 29th they haven't delivered them so yet like, aside from Kuhn. Shouldn't that be an advantage to Celtic? Yeah, so, yeah. Because these teams, so. these teams aren't going out and buying players so it means those guys that maybe a Brentford or a Brighton would take a chance on they're maybe going do you know what maybe hold off on a couple of these deals or if these clubs need rid of players then surely Celtic is one of the options for these players to go to but there's just always seems to be an excuse for Celtic and I think what would help for me personally would be look see if Celtic came out and said look this is our strategy this is yes. our plan this is what we are aiming to be or this is what we want to be but we get told by sort of Stephen McGowan Celtic are only signing players under 24 international recognition in this uh, certain price range in this uh, wage bracket and like see if that's true that's a terrible strategy because you're going back and trying to pay players around 15 grand a week. Where where are you going to get quality for I think that? The problem 2001. Is, yeah, I, I think them. the problem is Celtic can't really afford to be that specific. They can't come out and say this is what we're looking for, but they can come out and, you know, Celtic... I, I, have, I don't expect them to come out and go, it's, it's this much money we're going to spend and all that because then that just puts teams that are, say, if they're going to only spend that, then that's what we will ask of them. But I mean, like look, we're going down this strategy where we're going to try and buy these types of players and this is the plan going forward. Right now you're looking at it going, is there a plan? Well, look, Celtic have got their own podcast. You know, yeah. I, I don't know if they watch other Celtic podcasts, but they've got their own podcast. So if they didn't want to offer us up the any of the recruitment team to talk about how transfer works or how the transfer window goes, by all means, they could probably uh, sit down on their own podcast yeah. and talk about it. Because I think that's a big part of it. Fans want to be kept in the loop. And, course, yeah. and we need to understand how these things work a wee bit. But since we're just here... They'll, they'll put an episode out this week. Just It will be, I don't know, talk to some ex-player. Oh, who's the, who's the best pattern in the dressing room? <laughs> that? They'll put, put an episode like that. Who's got the best music taste in the dressing room? No. They <laughs> want to get Scott Allen back on. <laughs> Next up, Stephen Presley. Um, I think since we, all we've got is idle speculation, I think it, we, we need to at least discuss all, all the possibilities for the transfer window. So... Celtic get nobody in. I think it's pretty clear how we would feel about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what if Celtic get? What if they get the the lone player? What, not the lone player. What if they get the left back and the striker? Happy? Fine. Yeah, well, shuts a, us up, stops us moaning. For, for now, it certainly would. If they get the players in that fit those descriptions, yes, it certainly does. Mm. But whether they're good enough or not will come later. I there's this weird thing about how we're trying to judge players as being. Well, proven quality when they come in the door. I think that's quite hard with Celtic players because we don't typically sign players we've heard of. Yeah. yeah. Or unless you unless you follow all of the, the European leagues, which is you know fairly fairly rare, I would imagine. Which is why we employ Alex. Yeah, on yeah the, of course. Because yeah. so, he does. So I think that's very difficult. I think every player that comes into Celtic are more or less of the same profile, similar to what you've just described there, Melly. They're all youngish guys from middling to comparable European leagues to Scotland. They're all from there, or they're from England, but they're 18 or 19 or whatever it is, no, no older than 20. So I don't see someone coming in that doesn't basically fall into that. 
And at that point, everyone is still having the same discussions about how their projects and all that kind of stuff. And that that becomes a little bit, you know, tedious to, to say the least. But what I would say is Celtic, I, I, I'm so sick of hearing about how hard it is to sign players in January. That's another thing that gets trotted out time and time again, right? We did a podcast, we had a podcast out last week where we tried to have a bit of fun with it and we looked back at Jan- fun. Yeah, January signings of the past and we we ranked our top 10s. What and, podcast and, was that? If I'm, a, if was, I'm an Apple listener or, or Spotify, I've, I've never heard tough, of it. Tough, tough. <laughs> it's available only on patreon.com. Oh, so trend. if I wanted, if I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying these guys, did you discuss like the best and worst January transfers on, we a, did. on another we did. weekly recurring podcast that nestles in beside flagships? <laughs> that, that's right. <laughs> what a great question. The answer is yes. And yes. if I wanted to access that podcast, how would I get well, it? Well, you would simply go to patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims and choose from I a, bet that a must wider cost, area. That must to... cost about 500 quid a month. No, no, no. You're, you're close. <laughs> a fa- right. Five pounds a, what, a month for that tier. I that can't you can find on that podcast. I've not even done that yet. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so we did that podcast, right? And what we found through it that was that look, Celtic, some of Celtic's best players of the last decade were signed in January yep. windows, right? So this thing about how it's really, really hard to do in January just seems to be something that gets wheeled out when it's not going well. So no, not I, only that, Stephen, we were looking at it at the end and we had a list of. Terrible ones are a list of good ones. My list of good ones were longer than the terrible yeah, yeah, ones. same. No. But we worked it out. I think two million was the highest transfer fee yeah. paid, wasn't it? So I think the, the most expensive one, I reckon, was Stuart Armstrong mm-hmm. at 1.75 million or something. As a spoiler for someone who made it any one of the lists. <laughs> but look, my point is, it's not impossible. And I really wish we would stop being told that. Is it harder this, this season? Who knows? But I... I frankly don't really care about what England are up to because it doesn't, it shouldn't affect us because, well, I suppose English teams are maybe cutting their cloth accordingly a wee bit mm. more this this season. What we don't have is we don't have Pep Guardiola, we don't have Jurgen Klopp, we don't have any of these managers running about saying we desperately need quality into this team. They, they're not doing that. I know they're richer teams and all that, and they're not signing players, but we don't have any of those managers moaning about the state of their squad and then not signing. Anyone. I think I think you kind of have it both ways. I yeah. think what we've heard before in transfer windows is English clubs are coming in and blowing us at the water with wages and transfer fees. And that's why we kind of get players in. But you can't have English clubs not blowing you out the water wages and transfer fees and, and still put that down yeah. the reason why you kind of get players in. So the, the window remains to be... Everything's in place, you would think, for Celtic, really. I was just going to say, <laughs> I thought you were going to come to me there. Even if it gets to it right now and we get a left-back and striker in, I still don't think I'll be satisfied because mm. I don't see Celtic sorting the problems that we had in the summer. I don't see, right, everybody's on the same page now. We've got all our everything in order and that we're going to bring in the players we need because it's done so late and see if it's two loans you like well, that just kicks the can down the road and then Aye. when it gets to the summer we need a goalkeeper we'll need a left back still I'll want an upgrade on Palma then and that's before we've even lost MD Matt O'Reilly will most likely go so we need to get him do we bring in Bernardo then or we can't bring in our midfielder we brought him all this nonsense that we'll get we need to sort the things we need to sort right now and I'd say a goalkeeper is up there yeah. before a striker for me right now. And we're not even that's not even getting discussed. So I don't I don't think I can be satisfied now at the end of this window. And that's pathetic. Just, well, that's part of the problem, isn't it? If the longer you wait to do your business, the more apparent other problems might crop up. Yeah, yeah. I know, but and there's every chance we might get more injuries towards yeah. the rest of the season. We're talking about these two positions now. And a final thing on these two positions, because yes, I, I would be somewhat satisfied if those two positions are addressed because those are the things we've been talking about the the entire window if a left back and a striker come in great I won't judge them on the way in as being the proven quality because I think that's unlikely mm. I don't think we're going to sign players from like the from top teams in the Bundesliga or, or the Premier League or even Spain or anything like that that are going to satisfy and tick those boxes where everyone looks at them and goes right these are the guys I don't think that's likely to happen so, but if we get any player of decent repute in those positions, I'll be happy with it. But the way things have been going, that recent history tells us that, would you really be surprised if in March and April time, Greg Taylor's still playing? No. And Kyogo's, still, mm. Kyogo's more than likely going to still be playing almost every game. So we've got some striker in to be supplementary to that. Baby O is sharing out the minutes with this guy. Has the team progressed a single inch? Well, that's as a, as a result of those two signings, Kuhn maybe. I expect him to probably play because we've got this mass of players in this these positions. We've got so many wingers and none of them really fit the bill. I expect Kuhn to play. But 
other than that, is will we have moved I, on? I mean, a bad looks if he's probably going to leave in January. Yeah. There's been a lot of speculation about that. So right away, uh, uh, you know, my feelings on a bad side. I don't think he's as good as I think we could probably improve on a bad. Yeah, to yeah. be honest with you. But if, if Kuhn's not better than Abada, and that's the majority of the business we seem to do, so if Abada comes out and Kuhn comes in, but Kuhn isn't as good as Abada, then you've actually downgraded in the January window, <laughs> yeah. which is something you, which is something you don't well, want to do. I've done that before. Yeah. We've, done, we've done that this summer as well, haven't um, we? On almost every position. Look, idle neg negative speculation aside, uh, all we've got to go on is past history transfer windows, what the manager's saying. We know nothing about how Celtic's transfers work. If they want to share it, if they want to come on this podcast and do it, we would love to speak to them and, and give us an insight into how it might work. There's three days left and we need, we want Celtic to do to do the business. And then if they don't, we will obviously have some sort of reaction podcast on Patreon to the transfer yeah. window closing. And we might be apoplectic with rage. Or we might <laughs> Sharks. Be, uh, or we might be doing cartwheels about it. Bring the plastic sheets with us. <laughs> like, uh, it's... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Newsflash, gentlemen, Valentine's Day is almost here and by the grace of Cupid, our friends at Manscaped are coming with the best tools to get your boys downstairs ready for the special occasion. I'd like to propose making February 13th National Shave Your Balls Day. <laughs> Who's with me? Get lucky this V-Day and join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. With our exclusive offer, go to manscaped.com and insert code TIMS for 20% off and free shipping. The holidays went by so quickly, did you remember to take care of your package with the best tools for the job? The Platinum Package from Manscaped is the all-encompassing package that every guy needs in their life to make each and every day just a little bit more special. The headliner on this package is the Lawnmower 4.0, the trimmer's advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate parts. It even has a 4000K LED spotlight so you can shave anywhere your heart desires. Did I mention that it's stunning quality? Waterproof too. And don't forget, gents, no date night is complete without Manscaped's signature cologne. This is guaranteed to put it in Cupid's chokehold. Your balls and lady will thank you. Was that a reference to 2005's Gym Class Heroes Cupid's chokehold there? <laughs> I think it was. Get 20% off and free shipping. <laughs> with the code TIMS at manscaped.com that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the word TIMS join Cupid and shoot your arrow with Manscaped this Valentine's Day Celtic have got lots and lots and lots of money 
in the bank. We've accrued lots of money. We're not spending all that money on players, but that money does allow us to do a couple of things that we have done in this window. It allows us, Martin Mealy, to turn down bids for Matt O'Reilly because oh, yeah. if Celtic never had that little nest egg, massive cushion, whatever you want to call it, then we would be in a position where we may have to turn down Atletico Madrid's offer for Matt O'Reilly, which was supposedly a loan then somewhere in the region of £20 million. I am glad Celtic done that. I'm so... Because a couple of things. One, he's the best player on the team and we can't be yeah. selling him in January. He's the best player in the league. He's the best player in the country. He's brilliant. He's handsome. He's six foot tall and he's got it all. <laughs> we, can't be, we can't be letting guys like that go. But uh, you're making up a song for him. I, I, I was all, it ended up as one, didn't it? <laughs> um, we can't be letting guys like that go and I, I'm just pleased that Celtic were in a position and see if things were going better in the window. I think this probably would have got a wee bit more attention for Celtic. The fact that we can say Atletico Madrid, look, no, you're not getting our best player. Because there are school, there is a school of thought, and I've shared it and I've thought it, that Celtic are completely powerless when these clubs come knocking. And players will simply want to go every single time. Matt O'Reilly signed a new contract a couple of months ago, and the downside of signing a new contract is you can't really expect to move immediately. You know, if Celtic says we're not taking this off or we're not selling you, he can't really, unless something was agreed, he can't really throw the toys out the pram, but there's probably an expectation that we'll visit this again in, in summer when, yeah, the, yeah. when when the options will be there for Matt O'Reilly. I don't I don't doubt it. I think he's a fantastic footballer. So I'm really pleased Celtic were managing to turn that that deal down. Yeah, delighted. Obviously, I think Matt O'Reilly. It would be simply unthinkable for Celtic to do that because, quite honestly, I think the league is now fifty fifty to sell Matt O'Reilly would. I think it would guarantee that you don't win the league or yeah. you're going to really really struggle because everything. Everything good Celtic do, like we spoke about recently, Matt O'Reilly's got a hand in it in some way. So it was unthinkable, but I don't I don't think the, the money in the bank really made much difference to it. I just think the fact that it, it's impossible to sell this guy right now. He signed a new deal. When he signed it, there would, would have been sort of talks like, you stay till the end of the season, we can revisit it then, like you said, but until then we'd have to reject every offer for you. But the fact is Celtic are in a title race. And this is the title race that's going to be the most costly if you win it or you don't win it. This Champions League pot that's available at the end of the season is going to be the biggest ever and that's available and Celtic are pissing about here not bringing players in but if they were to add selling a player to that that is one of your best players then it would be unthinkable. It doesn't make any any sense whatsoever and honestly see if it did fans would be well within their rights to be demanding answers I still think we should get answers now but it'd be simply unthinkable to sell that guy right now we didn't know uh, we got to keep him and I'd slightly disagree with Melly on the fact that I think you know having the money allows you to offer Matt O'Reilly a, a, a contract at a level where you know if Matt O'Reilly was in Celtic and he was getting paid 17, 15 to 17 grand a week and Athletic Home did come knocking with 50 grand a week there's no there's no way you can real, even if it's January and Celtic got a title race to win there's nothing Celtic can do about that. But if we're paying Matt O'Reilly 30, 35,000 and the difference is marginal and he's up there earning the big money and he's just saying that the money makes it easier for Celtic, I think, to offer the big deals, which we'll come on to, and to not be desperate. We don't need to sell Matt O'Reilly to reinvest, to rebuild, because the money's already there. So what would you say then the money makes it easier to give him a contract? How does it not make it easier to sign players then? Because I, well, they, I think because we are dysfunctional at identifying talent. I think Celtic got a... Oh, we didn't really come on to that, did we? What we all think the dysfunction is. But I think if, to answer your question, I think Celtic's problem is talent ID. I think Celtic are struggling to identify talent that will come to the club for the wages that we are wanting to pay. And I read a story a couple of months ago that Burnaby is getting 20 grand a month. A which, month, right. Which, so what's that, five grand a week? Yeah. I went back and looked at Burnaby's old club. That would make him more or less the highest earner at his old club. So we're taking guys from smaller clubs and give them the wages that the highest paid players in their whole league are paid, but it's still not an awful lot for us, because if you're looking at five grand a week on the open market, it doesn't get you an awful lot, does it? So I think the problem is Celtic are identifying players in similar wage bracket that you thought, and they're just no good enough. The, the money we are paying in wages is just no good enough to get good players half the time. So why why not increase that then? Because there's no way there's, well, we not, there's not another Matt O'Reilly out there. Yeah. There's no way there's not another Cameron Carter-Vickers. These guys didn't come on in five grand a week, did they? They all came in 
done a job and got a wage rise. Yeah. I, I don't understand how it can be, oh, if you come and do well, you get 30 grand a week. But until you do that, 15 is the absolute maximum we can give you. Because at one point, the reason I say this is, is I see it as a cycle with Celtic. Celtic get a good squad, sell a couple of players, the quality chips away, they bring in the players that aren't as good. So when Matt O'Reilly leaves, if Kyogo or Carter Vickers leaves, that means you've lost Jota, you've lost Carter Vickers, you've lost Matt O'Reilly, all within a year or so. And then the guys you've all brought in are all on 15 grand or under. So the quality's chipped away, the guys you're bringing in aren't as good. And then you wonder why you lose a league every so often. I think the problem is with Celtic, Stephen, is sort of digressed a wee bit, but I think part of the problem I see is, is see for every Matt O'Reilly. Now, Cameron Carter-Vickers and Jota are slightly different because we got those guys on loan, so it's kind of tried yeah, before yeah, you buy. Yeah. But to unearth a Matt O'Reilly, home, one, you know, we've signed 15 players and at the end of it, you get one Matt O'Reilly and you go, oh, that, that works. Yeah, the, but the trouble is we end up with a, a squad absolutely laden with these yeah. types all over the place. And we, well, you might point to that and say, but we got a Matt O'Reilly out of it. We've got, the squad's depth is absolutely terrible as a mm. result. So I don't have a... Overall, I don't have a problem with Celtic making these types of signings, but just on Burnaby, not to derail us too much. I mean, I bet that Celtic and probably some people will think of that as like a right good bit of business. So we've managed to get this guy on buttons mm. into our first team squad. But by far the biggest indicator in football of the overall quality of a squad, broadly speaking, is that it's not, it's not, you can't overpay people and it makes them better, but it's, it's the salary. If you're paying people a, a certain level of salary, it tends to coincide and it tends to correlate with your squad being better just sort of across the board but we've got guys like Burnaby who are on buttons and you look at them and go wow we managed to pick up this guy we're paying him absolutely nothing in, in relative terms economy, yeah, yeah. And, but he's he's not got it at all but, I mean we were in for Aaron Hickey yeah if yeah. we'd probably gave him the money that we're giving Burnaby we'd have a much better player we'd have we'd have an asset and we'd yeah. have someone that was contributing and it's five grand well spent it's yeah, totally false economy and I've said on, on Burnaby before I don't have an issue with Celtic taking these I don't like using the word punts, but you know what I mean? Mm. These kind of risky signings, I don't really have an issue with them doing it, but it just seems to be a little bit scattergun at times. You just seem to sign players for the sake of it. it. just seem to fill the squad with all these guys on tiny money when what we really need is 23 players on good money, yeah. on like yeah, really that, good salaries. That's it. So rather than 35 guys on very mediocre, sort of middling salaries, but again... I, I, well, let yeah. me bring us back, let's bring us back to Matt O'Reilly. Matt O'Reilly, um, I wanted to say that you usually... For me, I've, I've said in past windows when the excuse gets rolled out, because this isn't the first time, this isn't the first time we've been you know, wading through excuses about why Celtic didn't sign players or didn't sign enough players. You often get people, or maybe even the club saying, oh look, we held on to these players. I'm like, you don't get credit from me for that. Mm. Holding on to guys who are under contract. Oh wow, bro, you, you didn't sign anyone, but you managed to hold on to your con players who are under contract. But this one's slightly different yeah. because I think this one was, was a big one because this was... It was thought of or spoken of as the media trying to unsettle one of our better players and all that. But the Brendan Rodgers, Brendan Rodgers came out in the next um, press conference and basically confirmed it all. He said, he said the club were there and basically confirmed how much they were they were offering. I don't think a player has ever turned down a bigger club to State Celtic. No, I'm no, not naive to uh, the yeah. fact that he's probably going to move in the summer, but... Yeah. If he wanted to be particularly difficult about it, I'm don't sure. I'm sure he could have pushed through a move. If he went to Brendan Rodgers and says, "Look, I really want to go. To Re Aye, I yeah. want to go to Atletico Madrid," then there's only you can. Yeah, you know that Brendan Rodgers said he had that conversation with Matt O'Reilly and he's happy to stay, well, which is which is brilliant. It's a, the player deserves credit for it. But oh, definitely. Yeah, I can't remember a player off the top of my head. I can't remember a player turning down a bigger move to stay at the club, even if it is only for six months. Yeah, not that we know of anyway, not publicly. I don't think there's been anything revealed like that because it's very rare that, you know, cl clubs are interested in Celtic players. We've seen that over the, the course of the last decade or so, been sold players on for, for decent money, but it's very rarely genuine, inarguable European superpowers yes. that do it and Atletico Madrid are that. So it's very rare that that happens. So I do credit the club for... for to an extent, and I'll come to that, and the player for just being very reasonable about it. Brendan Rodgers said they had a really good chat with him and we basically know we're not going to let you go just, just now. So I think other players, other maybe a wee bit more volatile types of players would have just chucked the toys at the pram, maybe down tools and demanded a move on deadline day. We've seen that before as well. Yep. Uh, so I, I don't... yeah, The club get a, a certain amount of credit for, for, for knocking it back, but the other side of that is that despite the fact that many problems that we have with the board and the operation of the club, 
I don't believe that the, the people in charge of those decisions are so incompetent and so oblivious that they thought they would get away with that, selling that level of player at this stage of a season, as Melly has already detailed, in the middle of a, a really tight title race, not signing anyone else. I don't think anyone at that club thought we could reasonably do this yeah. and, and sell Matt well, That's a problem with their own making as well, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So, so they do get an ex- a certain amount of credit for being able to fend off a genuine giant of, of Europe but you well, couldn't have done it, it anyway. Is it, well, is it credit or are you saying you're not getting any credit for fending off a giant bid for Matt O'Reilly because the reason you had to do it is because you've made an arse of your transfers in the first <laughs> place and, and were yes, you more yeah. prepared? Were you more prepared? You could have sold this guy for big bucks <laughs> yeah. and it wouldn't have even been a problem yeah. because the next Matt O'Reilly would be sitting there waiting to come through. Yeah. Would, would Celtic not be if they had got their summer recruitment right? Say we were eight points clear right now yeah. and that bid came in for Matt O'Reilly would it be different it might be but my big problem with it as well is that we didn't have a choice whether to sell Matt O'Reilly and I don't think Matt O'Reilly's thrown the toys out of the pram I don't think the time was right for Celtic possibly him to move on but isn't this part of the, the model we come in you play you play Champions League football you get international recognition and then when a big club comes in for you We'll let you go. There you go. Here, one of the biggest clubs has come in for me. Ah, but we can't let you go. Why not? We've absolutely ruined this season <laughs> right. uh, and we, we've made such a mess of it. We, we can't let you go. Well, listen, I tried to give you a bit of credit there, Celtic, but it turns <laughs> out the only reason you couldn't sell Matt O'Reilly is because you made a horlicks of the, <laughs> the transfers before it. Uh, okay, big bucks means we can hand out big contracts. We handed mm. one to Cameron Carter Vickers, a five and a half year deal for the best centre half at the Always club. Always a five involved with the ah, contracts. Weird, very weird. Um, best centre half of the club, be- best centre half we've had since the podcast, maybe the best centre half in our lifetime. The guy's absolutely unstoppable, unflappable, unbelievable. Um, I have got to be honest though, don't want anyone thinking this is a hot take for clicks. <laughs> However, <laughs> never. What age was a, what age is Carter Vickers now? 26 20, maybe I think. 26, five and a half year deal for Cameron Carter Vickers, who has struggled <laughs> yeah, there is a that. lot with with injuries. Now I know clubs were sniffing about Cameron Carter Vickers, and there was big money probably available to him if he wanted. <laughs> we always say that, don't we? But football clubs are sniffing about. <laughs> yeah. it's such a weird image. Somebody needs to do that. Somebody needs to do that thing. You know that guy that makes up all the clips uh, online about keeping up with the Joneses and all that. Uh, minutes in the legs. Uh, uh, minutes in the legs, sniffing out chances. <laughs> another one he needs to do. Um, so we obviously we wanted to keep Cameron Carter Vickers and we put our money where our mouth is and gave the guy big bucks to stay on. But I've got to admit, I did. I don't see Cameron Carter Vickers playing for us at thirty odds. Mm. Um, um, does that mean he's necessarily going to see out his deal? Probably not. But I just wonder what sort of footballer Cameron Carter Vickers is going to be in even a year or two's time with this injury that seems to be needing week to week management. Yeah, I, I think we've discussed this before. I think it was before the idea of a contract or when it was first started being rumoured. And that was another thing I thought, well, why are Celtic announcing this in the middle of a transfer yeah. window? Just do that any other time. It's got nothing to do with transfer windows. We've done that before as well. But I remember thinking... I heard they signed, there was rumours that he signed a new deal. Yes, there were. Before the window there, even there opened. Were, there were definitely rumours about how it, there was a contract on the table weeks ago and he'd signed it, but we're waiting to, yeah. to announce it. So... Well, whatever, take from that what you will. But it's um, it's in lieu of any actual business being done, in lieu of any transfers being done. But I remember talking about it at the time and thinking, I, I, I hugely rate Cameron Carter Vickers, love him. I think he's absolutely brilliant. What a defender he's been, the, the best. Because he's getting to that longevity stage now, and he, this season has been challenging for him because of injuries. But it was basically until this season before he started making any kind of mistakes in a Celtic shirt mm. at all. So he's, the longer he's here, the more convinced I am that he's basically the best that I've seen in my lifetime because any competitors with that basically either left after two years or stayed far too long. But I did start to worry about how frequently he is injured now. He's, he's, getting, he's given off crock vibes. Mm, in the, Yeah, it's just... It's just the, his face. No, I certainly, <laughs> certainly wouldn't. Uh, but it is, it's the frequency of the injuries and the, the severity of it and the extended breaks and yeah. the giving them a rest and not playing them in plastic pitches. That, I'm fine with all that. that it just needs managed. But it's back what, to recruitment, doesn't it? As yeah, I said a couple yeah. of weeks ago, you know, if I wouldn't have to play every minute Correct. God sends had you. And maybe with Navarotsky coming back, it's not so much of an it, issue. It feels better now. Now, Lager Bielka, as, as we said earlier, is looking like going out. Now, that's an, another extraordinary 
piece of business, bringing in a three million pound centre half and chasing him the very next window. Now yeah. I can't really have any complaints about the nature of getting rid of him. But how did he end up here in the first? How place? How did he yeah. end up here in the first place? Correct. And there's no debate. There's no lingering doubts about how he is a project. But he's just a bad signing. Yeah. Just a bad signing. There's no long-term plan for him. It's clear <laughs> that they want rid of him already. It was clear from about October that they wanted rid of him already. So he's not a project. He's a bad signing. Yep. And another just inexplicable piece. Of, I, I I just I don't know how I don't know what led to know, that point. I, yeah, I, 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 I don't want to get as bogged down in the moans because I, I want to try and keep things a wee bit more like we're talking about the Carter Vickers new contract. But <laughs> so. here we are. But, <laughs> You know, I know football club. Look, football clubs sign bad players all the time, and, and yeah, footballers, yeah. footballers don't work out all the time, and it, it, it's yeah. no surprise. But I think just given the context of Celtic's overall window and how we think it was overall more, more or less a failure, you're just like, and and I think the the unusual thing about summer Celtic summer signings and in particular Lagabiel cut was the immediacy of which he was discarded. It was almost yeah. he turns up and within four to six weeks he's just we just. You start hearing rumblings that he's just no good enough. He's too slow. Yeah. And it's not just him. It's Tilio. It's Kwon. You just, the, the immediacy for which these guys were discarded, a.k.a. vis-a-vis, we shouldn't have bought them at all. <laughs> you know, you might as well just not have them at the club. But see, see the stuff that's, um, again, not to linger too much on Lagerbielka, but again, it's it's part of the same problem that we keep talking about. It's the, the scouting that leads to Lagerbielka, it's like, right, he's the right age, 23, I think he is, mm. maybe approaching 24. He's got a certain amount of experience when it comes to international recognition and experience at club level. He's got a certain amount of appearances for Elfsborg, I think it was. He then won the Sweden Defender of the Year or whatever it was while he was at Celtic. But this is all Wikipedia stuff. This is all stuff you can just read about yeah. Lagerbielka well, online. Is, How did they manage to sign a player who's too slow without yeah. noticing? Did Brendan Rodgers watch him? <laughs> How much, pay, how much yeah. attention did Brendan Rodgers pay to that signing? Anyway, sorry. Melee. <laughs> oh, it's so annoying because I should be absolutely delighted, but with the way the window's going, it's just planked in there like... You're just trying to appease us. You're still you're not... thinking about the bad news, aren't you? <laughs> you're just trying to appease me because I, I'm still raging at the window. But the, I think he is the best defender I've seen. I've not really got the the worries about him being a crock. I think it's just been that injury he got towards the end of the season, last season, where he was playing through injuries to get Celtic to the, the final of the that Scottish Cup. man. Aye. Honestly, one, that of the, the, one, made, one of the greats. Uh, that that he made to block shots and all that. Yeah, I think he's brilliant. I'm delighted with we've got them there. One of these guys where it's kind of looking like maybe his big moves sort of creeping away from him if these injuries keep up and he doesn't really get back to the Carter Vickers we know this season. Then come the summer, will teams really take a look at him? Then it gets into next season, he's 27. Either way, don't care because Celtic either get really good money for him, which I hope doesn't happen, or we get to keep the guy now that we've got him tied down. We've got Kyogo tied down. We've got Atate. Um, Carl McGregor we've got a nucleus there up the middle right through the spine of the team that's good that should be there for a while we need to get some some reinforcements think, at full back and wide areas I think talking about Carter Vickers um, about that you said that big moves coming away from I think Carter Vickers is a brilliant footballer yeah um, and he's brilliant for Celtic and I think he's exactly we should be able to have players like that and keep them you know yeah. like like the Hattati's the cute we should be able to keep these guys and you know, you just, you just have to run through the clubs. He, he went to Spurs, okay, that's fine. But he spent his career on loan at Sheffield, Ipswich, Swansea, Stoke, Luton and Bournemouth. It's it's no like a litany of tremendous clubs. Celtic are the big move. Yeah, 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 Celtic that's right. in the Champions League are. He just so, we're putting ourselves down a wee bit by going, oh, he's too good for us. Well, he, I think that's just the pattern though, isn't it? I think aye. that's just the kind of mindset we get into that we can't keep our, our shiny toys age, for too long. I think at the, the age yeah. he is now, at 26, 27, you're like, well... You know, maybe the big move would have probably came pre-Celtic yeah. when they got him in the first place. Even even that winds me up. Like, you tell me there's not other players with a career like that that Celtic cannot go and get. This is another thing I don't believe. I don't believe Celtic are out there trying to sign unicorns like, oh, well, we, oh, you could go, oh, well, such and such signed this player, aye, but we want a guy better. Oh, well, such and such signed that player, aye, but we're looking for a guy slightly cheaper. All right, well, <laughs> such and such signed him, aye, but that transfer fee's too much. Well, what, You know, it's like everything you... 
It's like, I don't know, it's like the Matrix. Every excuse you throw for Celtic, no signing players, they just dodge it. Like, ah, too expensive, too high wages, no enough caps, no sell-ons. You're like, I'm not, fucking, I'm not buying it. We're not looking for like... I'm, You're I'm a football look, club. I know, we're not you exist look. to win games and buy players. I know. And, oh, but, ah, we've been signed them. They're crap. Oh, we've signed this crap recently. <laughs> so there's, no, there's absolutely no excuse for it. Uh, um, I, I would rather sign nobody at all than sign duds. Good. So I, <laughs> you'll be happy with this one though then, I say. <laughs> and, um, speaking of signing crap, I know you were having a wee go at Palma on the at the match podcast available on patreon.com slash 20 minute times we need to talk we do, we do most of the <laughs> at the match stuff we do in-depth match coverage on the at the match podcast that's where we dissect all the games and we and this is more like topical highlights of the week Celtic news podcast but I think somebody missing two penalties in one game <laughs> firmly falls into the camp of the I wonder if there's ever been that before I'm sure there must have been something over well, the hundred odd years well, that... well Haran got in against Valencia didn't he got to retake it oh and he missed it against Canizares so it? really <laughs> Melee, well, yeah. Melee, Melee coming out with yeah. the knowledge there that yeah, I have so, absolutely no memory that's of. A, that's a good shout. Uh, it's, it's topical as well because that was almost 25 years ago and we're still paying the same salaries today. <laughs> less. Uh, yeah. Less. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, the penalties just infuriating, absolutely infuriating. We've had the, the chat about Palma and his penalties before. I think it's your fault though, yeah, Stephen. Where we left it the last time was he'd missed one, but I thought, right, there's not much point in taking him off it just because he's missed one because we kept doing that. So Hatati misses one, change it. McGregor misses one, change it. Uh, who's previously been on there? There's been Kyogo, 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 right? So but there's been a, a number of penalty takers and we've not really had a good one since Moy left. So I thought, right, just leave Palmer on it. If he misses one, there's no point in going through the whole team. It's not a shootout. We don't mm. have that. We're going to end up with Joe Hartson. Although, did you see that that clip that's been doing around? So he rattles into the top corner. But Palmer, that's him done now because he keeps <laughs> he keeps doing the same thing. He keeps doing that infuriating run up thing where he just he takes all the momentum out of his run. And the key here is the key. See if you're going to do that. See if you're going to take all of the momentum out of your run. You have to be accurate. You yeah. have to put it in the corner or put it straight in the middle or make sure that you've. Psych the keeper out so he moves and you put it the other way. Don't just tamely tap it down to the guy's right twice. His retake was, his retake was pathetic. I've no yeah. beef with him going the right way because, no. as you see, it, it's a total crap shooting. You know, he's and I a think a crap shot. A crap shot. <laughs> and, and had it been me, I would have thought, as you said in the podcast, the keeper's not going to think I'm going to stick <laughs> it here again after he saved it. Right. There's no way he's going to think I'm enough of an idiot to put the same place. I'll show him. But then the keeper is like, he's going to think I'm never going to dive down here again. So that's exactly where I'm going to put it. But it's, we do have a problem with the penalty takers on the side. And I've, I've I, listen, I'm not going to hate on Palmer, right? I'm not going to do it because we've had enough moaning on this podcast. But there is something niggling with me with this guy who I suspect Palmer thinks is a lot better than he actually is. And mm. I, I wish he would just maybe stick to the basics a wee bit more. I'm wanting world class basics oh. from um, from Palmer. Is that the phrase? Isn't it? Yes, yeah. yes, it is. Hey, I want those from Palmer uh, from that hateful podcast that you two absolutely <laughs> hate. Um, I want those from Palmer before anything else. I want him to concentrate and knuckle down before he's practicing celebrations, before he's doing goofy penalties. None of that. I just want um, some a proper shift out of the guy. Yeah, it's SPFL basics we want off yes. him, yeah. isn't it? I, I, I'm that. Annoyed, not annoyed at the guy, but just the, the way he is. I'm thinking before he's taking that penalty, he's thinking, Wait, what celebration am I going to do the day? I'll mm. go with that one. And then before you know it, he's missed the penalty. There's a point in the first half, even it might have been before the penalties or just after it, where he has the ball, there's an easy pass inside. But what he chose to do was nutmeg the player in front of him. The nutmeg came to absolutely nothing, but in his mind, that mm. looks better, so I'll do that. That's the feeling I get for the guy that he's out there to try and make himself look better. Remember he shot for the goal line as oh. well. So, so he had a quite good shot that forced the keeper into a save. Even that was it, in the greatest finish. Yeah, he kind of choked it into right. the ground. But it fell back to him and he was basically the other side of the post from the keeper and he shot with the outside <laughs> of his foot and it went further out than he was. So it went out for a throw-in about 15 yards. Oh, it didn't yards even out. get to a throw-in because it curled not. that much in the <laughs> play. So it's in Palma, sorry, I tried. I didn't say I don't <laughs> want to start it. But, but it's, again, it's a, it's a wider problem that this guy was Celtic's big marquee signing and he's got so many flaws and his flaws aren't the the techniques good and all that, but it's the basics. It's the basics of he is, he's, he's not quite got the mentality yet to go on and be the player. But do I see a club coming in for him in a year or two? No, I don't. In no. fact, I look to the summer and go, that's one of the first positions I'd be looking to upgrade on. Stupid concept at Celtic because we're never going to do that. So, 
I think with Palma, he's got so much, so much going on there that he just has to concentrate on what he's doing rather than what he's trying to do because it's it's not coming off for him. And the more he does this, the more he tries these things, the more infuriated fans get. And it, o- it only gets to a certain point before you can go, aye, but look at his numbers. Because right now we're at a point where we're looking at a bad and going, he's simply not good enough. Mm. Because as soon as the numbers go, you, f- you see his, his talent for what it is. And he's not, that, he's not that good at football. He's not that good for what Celtic need. And Palmer will slowly become a badder it's just I think fast start lots of goals assists as soon as that dries up people will see you for what you are I think what's important with this Celtic team is that you don't need to look that far back and there's still remnants of it in this Celtic team and I think this is important for I'll, I'll, I don't like lecturing people on the podcast so I'm not going to do it but I'm saying that, that sometimes you get sort of in your head that this is the best Celtic can do when you see guys like Abada and you see guys like Palmer or, or even like said David Turbo or, or you know some of the other players in this team that I won't mention because we'll just get battered in the comments <laughs> for it right but then all you need to do is look at Carter Vickers Matt O'Reilly Jota Cal McGregor Jota Kyogo Hatate and realise there is a step above yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, of player that is available to Celtic and we a are, lot of them are signed in January windows yeah, well, and, and we mentioned. are simply not buying them so when you look at these guys and they wear the Celtic shirt and they're scoring their occasional goal you think oh, he's a right good player nah Compare Palma to Jota. That's what was available. Compare the other guy. I mean, David Turnbull came on and put in half a shift. Compare him to Matt O'Reilly. Compare David Turnbull to his peers like the John McGinn's of the world and the Callum McGregor's. Miles, miles off it. There's a better class of player for out there for Celtic. We can buy them. We can access them. We've got the money. The problem is we just seem to not be able to, whatever reason, get the deals done. I think... Uh, Describing David Turnbull's performance in that game as half a shift is extremely generous. Oh, I, mm. I was about to phone the polis to be honest. <laughs> David Turnbull, I was that offended. It was absolutely disgraceful what he came on and did. He, he was like, it was like Malumbu that time he came off the bench against was it Arnie Leipzig was it? or something uh, like that back in the day. He made, just made things infinitely worse. Absolutely, t- it was wasn't it a great game. Maybe. I mean, there was a lot of there's a lot of debate over what caused and whether the booing was justified mm. at the end of the game. Maybe it was all at David Turnbull. <laughs> did you boo? Did you did you boo? No, you, do you, nah. you want to plead the fifth? No, I, I, I didn't boo, but I, I don't really have a problem with people that did. I don't think it was a it was a boo towards that day. I think mm. it's a culmination of things. Well, like, it was booed. It's just it's a culmination of things. It's it's just been a weird season like Celtic will get the odd good result but you're sort of waiting for the next trip up we go on a good run of games there just before the break then you come back and it's like oh wait a minute it's not all been sorted look this might be a one-off performance uh, Celtic have got a lot of big games coming up so if they get back to the just pre the break uh, form that'll be fine but it's not just about that it's that you're looking at it going Burnaby hasn't been fought good enough to play a single start this season yet here we are in January the time when you can bring in somebody to replace Greg Taylor yet now we're looking at going we need to replace Burnaby he's not good enough there was nothing in that game again another 90 minutes we thought that's what he's good at I think to be fair that's been accepted I think in the defence of everyone involved I know what you're saying about the the failure of the transfer window that we did cover but I think to be fair everyone knows now that the Burnaby project just hasn't worked it's it's that it feeds into it so at the end of that game we had Joe Hart, who looked laboured in that game, yeah. came out for a cross nowhere near it. And again, I'll say it every week, he's going to cost us at some point. Father time has caught up with yes. him, I feel. Finishing the game with Burnaby, Liam Scales looked horrendous at that uh, chance towards the end. So did Turnbull. And Abada subbed. You're looking at that, or Mikey Johnston on the pitch. You're looking around this team going, <laughs> yeah. what is happening Keep here? Why, why are all these guys here contributing to this team? in this moment, in a time when we could replace them or sell them, but nothing like that's happening. Uh, where's my outgoings as well, by the <laughs> I way? I was, I was sitting here moaning about that last week. Yeah. Not a single thing. All we're getting is Lagerberger potentially on loan. Thanks for tuning in to this week's, uh, <laughs> this week's moan. We'll be back next week on our flagship podcast. If you want to support us, get some extra content, videos and writing, patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims. See you next week. 
because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns, so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 